Welcome back to Current with Valerie Hayes on TalkZone.com. Welcome back to the show. Today we're spending some time talking about important issues that impact people on a very personal basis. And one of the hot topics in the news is the so-called war on women and pay equity. War on women is something that I know that you're hearing about being thrown about by both uh, major parties as well as some of the minor parties that have presidential candidates. And it's certainly been covered a lot in the news. And recently, it was a top story again because the United States women's soccer team actually filed a lawsuit against, against the U.S. Soccer Foundation. What is that all about? Well, the U.S. Soccer Foundation is the official governing body of the sport of soccer in the United States, and it's commonly called U.S. Soccer, and it oversees both the men's and the women's teams. And soccer players that play on the teams are under contract like other professional sports teams. And like other sports teams who are under contract, they're subject to collective bargaining. They have a union that represents them, which means that they're members of that union and the union provides services to negotiate the contract and make sure that the contracts are fulfilled by the uh, employer, in this case, the U.S. Soccer Federation. Well, due to provisions in the women's contract that was negotiated by the union, um, the women actually receive 40% less the average female soccer player in this group actually receives 40% less salary than the men do. And so the women lodged a complaint and wanted to um, vacate or negate that part of the contract because, interestingly enough, the women's team brings in significantly more money than the men's team. So what they're saying is, we don't understand why women, as women soccer players in the United States, we're being paid, paid 40% less than the men who work for the same employer, U.S. soccer, right? Same employer. We're being paid 40% less, whereas ticket sales and sponsorship agreements and all those kind of extras that go in with sports, we make uh, significant, the U.S. women's soccer team brings in significantly more than the U.S. men team. According to the complaint, the women's team brought in $16 million a year, which, uh, while the men's team actually lost money in 2015 for U.S. soccer, even though the men's team, the players, are significantly paid more. The women's team also alleged that it receives less pay for matches, um, specific matches, tra- smaller travel allowances, and that when they win when they win a match or a series of um, events, that they win less money for women than the men win for playing a game where they lose. In 2015, the women's team earned $2 million as a bonus when they won the World Cup. In 2014, the men's team earned $9 million as a bonus when they were eliminated from the World Cup because they lost in early rounds. So the women won the World Cup in 2015 and got $2 million bonus. The men lost um, the World Cup in early rounds, and they got a $9 million bonus. Additionally, each team is required to play 20 friendly claims per year, and players are paid for winning, uh, paid more for winning sort of on a bonus. A female player who wins every game, Every game can be expected to be paid $99,000. So if you win every single game, every game, 
you can be paid $99,000. A male player who loses every one of those 20 friendly games will be paid $100,000. So the U.S. women's soccer team uh, lodged a complaint asking that um, this contract being renegotiated and these pay practices be reevaluated. And they also talked about the possibility of boycotting the Olympics, which are later this summer, because of the fact that they're not getting paid in their opinion appropriately. Uh, the court has not made a ruling on the actual contract and the pay practices, but it has made a ruling that the US, women's U.S. soccer team cannot boycott the Olympics, which is good news if you're an Olympics fan, but it certainly could be a concern if you're interested in pay equity. So what is pay equity? I'm so confused. What is pay equity? Different jobs within a company, in this example, the company was U.S. soccer. So different jobs within a company that have similar levels of responsibilities, duties, and working conditions. For example, maybe I am the goalie, uh, you know, I, I keep the goal uh, on the soccer team, are required by law to have equal pay scales. And this is called pay equity. And it applies to all employees regardless of gender or race. Um, in the, the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, um, there was a, a, lo- a big issue and a big outroar about the fact that white employees or Caucasian employees were often paid so much more handsomely and so much better than African-American employees or Hispanic employees. So pay equity has been an issue that we've been talking about a long time. And the law that governs pay equity is called the Fair Pay Act. And um, it indicates that pay equity should be in place for jobs that have similar responsibilities, duties, and working conditions, and it applies to all employees regardless of their gender or race. But unfortunately, wage discrimination does still occur in the United States historically. So in, you know, the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, even 70s, Historically, men were the primary income earners in a family, and women only worked maybe to earn spending money or to work part-time after the kids were in school to get out of the house. And and it was seen by society that women's primary duty was to raise the children and maintain the household, and that earning and managing the money was typically left to men. So sometimes when employers would hire a woman, they would think to themselves, I'm not agreeing that this is okay, I'm not saying that this was appropriate. But they would probably think, oh, well, she's not the primary wage earner, so I can afford to pay her less than someone else doing the same job. It's not that big a deal. So I'm going to pay her maybe 10 or 20 percent less than a man that I might hire, because if I'm hiring a man, I have to make sure I'm paying fairly so that he can support his family and children. Again, I'm not agreeing with that thought process. I'm just telling you what it does, what it was. So the disparity in wages really occurred as kind of a societal and cultural thing. Now we're finding, though, that the the disparity in wages still exists, depending on which study you listen to. Some studies say that the difference is between 72 and 70 cents, 77 cents to the dollar. So that means for every dollar a man earns, a woman earns 72 to 77 cents. Other studies indicate that it's more like 86 to 95. So for every dollar a man makes, it's 86 to 95 cents to the dollar. And you have to understand when you're, when you're looking at the statistics, you have to think through what is the methodology of the study? Where are they getting their information? Because that really determines the statistics. There are some studies that compare, um, the average one, the average 
income a woman in the U.S. makes to the average income a man makes. The challenge with that is women sometimes enter careers that are less, um, that the, sal- the average salary for that career is less. For example, we have many female nurses. We have many uh, female teachers. We have many female administrative secretaries or uh, administrative assistants. And so if you have, if you're comparing those types of salaries, uh, so you're comparing the female nurse's salaries to the male doctor's salary or the female teacher's salary to the male principal's salary, of course the female salary is going to be lower because she has entered a career path that in our employment market pays less. So you cannot just compare the average woman's salary to the average men's salary, right? So then you might have a study that compares, okay, how are female teachers paid according to, uh, compared to men teachers? Again, that can be a problematic study as well because sometimes women enter the workforce right after after college, and we do see that statistically men and women who enter the same job right after college are being paid about the same amount of money. And they might go for two or three years in that particular career field. And as time goes on, maybe the woman takes time off to have children, right? Maybe she takes a year off or two years off to have uh, to be at home with the child. And then she reenters the workforce in a part-time basis, right? In the meantime, the man has continued in that job, in that career force. And maybe he's gotten a promotion. He has additional experience. So there are a variety of factors that impact the actual statistic that you're looking at, either that 72 to 77 cents or that 86 to 95. And I'm not saying that any one statistic is right or wrong. I'm just saying that when you quote a statistic, you need to know how they got that number because people might have a different statistic that's just as valid based on the study that they have. So what is the gist of it? Do I think that women are statistically not paid as well as men? Yes. As a former human resources professional, I can tell you that absolutely does exist in the workplace. Responsible companies do salary surveys every year to make sure that they are not... um, um, involved in pay inequity practices on a, on an organizational basis, and they're trying to make sure that their women are moving ahead as faster in um, salary as men. But yes, I can tell you that it happens. Uh, what can we do? We can make salary surveys available on a wider basis. Many people don't know that salary, they're called market surveys. Salary market surveys are available to the general public on the internet. For example, I had a friend ask me about the salary survey. Um, she's a human resources professional. She texted me last week, wanted to ask my opinion about the salary, the average salary range for an HR manager in Houston, which I was easily able to access in 10 seconds on the Internet and discuss it with her. So I think we need to inform people that data is available so that they know what the salary is for the job for which they're applying. The problem is you go into your interview and you've prepared your resume and you've prepared your interview and maybe you've got your references together and you've really done a great job following up. But when it comes to salary negotiation, oftentimes people don't do a great job getting the information they need going into that salary negotiation so that they can get the best salary. I can tell you again, as a former human resources professional, that men have a tendency to negotiate their salary much more aggressively than women do. So in other words, I would give a salary offer and they might negotiate two and three times to get what they felt was an appropriate salary offer. Oftentimes with women, I would say this is our salary offer and they would say, okay, 
they wouldn't negotiate it. They wouldn't question it. They wouldn't say, well, that's less than that where I'm currently making. And, you know, I'm going to have to be um, having additional parking and toll roads because I'm now commuting 45 minutes one way every day. So I think the first thing we need to do is help women um, and really employees everywhere of every gender, ethnicity, and background to be aware that there are these salary, salary market surveys available on the Internet for your job based on the number of years of experience you have, based on the city that you live in, right, because some cost of living is higher and lower in different regions of the country. Those things are available. So you need to arm yourself with the data that you need to make sure you're getting a great salary. The second thing that you need to do is engage in some basic negotiation skills. Do not take the first offer if it's not what you had planned. Find out what the average promotional increase is in your area. Is it 5%? Is it 10%? Is it realistic for you to make a lateral job movement that's going to increase your skill ability and your career overall but isn't actually a salary increase? Or is that unrealistic because even though the title might be the same, HR manager here, HR manager there, um, my, H- my first HR manager job, the company is 100 employees and my second HR our manager job, the company is 3,000 employees, right? So that would be an obvious salary differential. So the important thing for you to do is arm yourself with the data that you need and that women need. And we need to be teaching women this in high school and in college, in leadership organizations and in community groups so that we can find an opportunity to really deal with the pay equity issue effectively. Well, that's it for today's episode of Current. Remember, if you have a question or topic that you'd like me to cover, just send me a note and we might include it in a future episode so that you can get the information you need to feel informed. After all, it's okay to have your own opinion as long as it's an informed opinion. Are you totally stressed out about tough current events questions for your next pageant? Well, I've got a solution for your current events nightmare. Everyone feels overwhelmed by the time it takes to keep up on current events. But I've solved that for you with my weekly current events update. You'll get an email each week summarizing the top stories, plus you'll get sample questions to practice on your own. So visit my website at ValerieHayes.com and you'll be ready to rock those current event questions at your next pageant. Have you seen the brand new line of pageant, prom, wedding, and elegant evening jewelry by couture designer Stephanie Summers? Her custom couture line established Stephanie as the leading pageant jewelry designer, and now she's created a budget-friendly jewelry line so that anyone can look amazing in one of her designs. Shop-StephanieSummers.com has your style in the perfect color you're looking for. So visit shop-stephaniesummers.com today and enjoy knowing that even though you stayed on budget, you look like a million. Hi, this is Valerie Hayes, and I want to let you in on a secret. I've just created the perfect do-it-yourself coaching resource to help you learn how to improve your own pageant interview skills. My Mastering the Pageant Interview DIY Coaching Resource includes three downloadable audio files plus transcripts for easy resource. You'll learn how to spot and handle trick questions, the correct length of an interview answer, three tips for closing an answer when you're struggling, my easy technique for answering controversial questions, two secrets for a winning onstage interview, plus much, much more. Just download the audio files and transcripts to your computer and listen when you're working out, doing something around the house, or 
really just about any time. What could be more convenient? To get your copy of Mastering the Pageant Interview, just visit my website at ValerieHayes.com and click on the Winning Interview tab to order yours today. It really is that simple to quickly learn tips and techniques that will help create your winning interview. Are you a pageant contestant in Arkansas, Kansas, Missouri, Nebraska, or Oklahoma? If so, Van Brosen Associates can help make your pageant dreams a reality. Van Brosen Associates are the producers of Miss USA and Miss Teen USA state pageants in the five states of Arkansas, Kansas, Missouri, Nebraska, and Oklahoma. To find out more, go to vanbrose.com and connect with us on Facebook at facebook.com slash vanbrose. Once again, that's vanbrose.com. V-A-N-B-R-O-S dot com. Are you ready to be Miss USA? 